If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Our guest today is Rena Figueredo. Rena's a dressage specialist, competitor, trainer and coach. She also schools and breaks in young horses. She's got students who've won up to royal level in showing and state-level pony club dressage, and she also breeds warm-blood horses that have been successful in all equestrian fields. Rena, how are you? Oh, good, thank you. Nice to talk to you, Glennis. Good to talk to you too, Rena. Now, favourite quote, and I've already heard it, but, you know, and it's one I like, so yes, if you could say that. Um, horses are made to be horses. Okay, now... Franz Moringa. Yeah, I was going to say Franz Moringa. Did you get it through his book or did you actually know him? No, I actually got it through a book. Mm-hmm. But one of my coaches earlier on, his daughter was coached by Franz Moringa. So I did do a lot of um, a lot of his teachings through this coach. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. All right. Now, the book that you got, when did you get that book and how did it change your way of thinking? Did it change or was it sort of just a backup and confirmation of the coaching? No, I suppose it really did change my way in thinking. I was given it by my girlfriend, Jan Cookson, probably would be nearly 30 years now. Yep. So I've always used it as a reference and enjoyed reading it. Um, and him as a person, I enjoyed um, hearing about his skills and where he came from and, and just the, his teachings um, I could really relate to because he explained it so well. Yes, 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 for sure. Now, tell us about your first memories with horses, Rena, or even even just an early memory. An early memory? Yeah. Um, probably getting thrown off my pony oh, when no. I was three. Yeah. Um, my brother was leading me on my pony and, um, yeah, just the pony pig rooting and falling off and me just wanting to get back on again, crying, but saying, lift me back up, lift me back up. <laughs> <laughs> so they're probably my early memories of just, we just rode around the road. We lived in Sydney and, yeah. um, yeah, we just rode everywhere. That okay. was our form of transportation was as kids, we just rode everywhere. So your sister and brother both had horses? Um, no, mainly my sister. My brother loved them, but it was mainly both my, my elder sisters that had horses and one went into breeding ponies and the other just rode um, just spasmodically later on in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what made you decide then to become a coach and start to teach and work within the industry? Possibly um, we had a need up here with the Pony Club kids for teaching them and to for someone to be a mentor. Yep. And I could see that need and mm-hmm. I love the kids. I just love them. Yes. They're just, they're so full of fun. Some of them aren't that good of listeners, but um, I think the majority of them really want to learn and they love their ponies. And that's what I 
really wanted to instill in them was their love for their horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just as a means of a sport, but to love them and to, you know, be able to look after them properly, to teach them in those skills as well, but to be able to use their whole bodies to ride the horse instead of hands and heels. Yep. So yep. that's that's exactly what, you know, what I wanted to do. And I have, I, I think I have succeeded in part in teaching, you know, all the children that I have had through time yep. how to use their whole body to ride a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing, Rena, if if any of those kids then decided to go on and have a career with horses, what sort of character traits or personal skills would they need to have? Perseverance would have to be number one. Mm-hmm. Um and kindness. I think um, you really do need to be have kindness and understanding for the creature that you have in front of you. So I suppose to go on that they would have to want, have that in them to be a teacher and in the respect of the word teacher to as a kindergarten school teacher to be able to... Um, Teach their horse to understand what they want in in a kind way, but also mm-hmm. firm. Yep. And also to be able to um, to be able to um, get this through to their students. So they have to really have an understanding of the basic skills and also of the dressage principles. I always think that the dressage principles are for everything, not just not just dressage, but for stock horses, for jumping horses, for pony club kids. It's really the the be end and all, I think, of riding. So they have to have that kind of um, understanding and the will to to want to teach and to love to to love the sport. You mm-hmm. have to, don't you? You can't oh, do definitely, it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. As as um as looking at it as a monetary thing. Because you'd be very sad by the end of it, I think. Sure. I think sure. you just you do it because of the love of it, and that's yeah. I was going to say, what's the best thing about coaching and about working with the kids and with the horses? Well, I think the best thing is when they they understand what you're teaching them mm-hmm. and why you're teaching it to them. Yep. That that is the biggest achievement, I think, to be able to say if you were teaching um, lengthening to to a young a young rider, and to be able to teach them so that they understand the the motor skills of the horse mm-hmm. and how we activate the hind leg to to be able to lengthen um, and a, as a basic um, exercise, how to leg yield and from that leg yield to go into lengthening and understanding why we do that. Yep. That it is about the motor skills and not about running. Yes. but about using the hind part and going forward. Mm-hmm. So when they understand those principles, that is that is a sense of achievement <laughs> because then you know they can go home and they can make their own exercises out of that. Yes, yes, you know? they're not waiting for you all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, and they can they can devise other ways of mm-hmm. um of of doing the exercises. So I suppose that that in itself is that the student can go home with a sense of um, achievement, yes. um, and not feeling that inadequate in any way. Yep. 
and how they can work at these things themselves without me there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you were first starting, you know, because you would have been in the same boat as them, that you had to learn, who was that that you said, you know, you talked about a coach who'd been influenced by friends. Who was that? That was Bob Cameron. Okay, yes. But my biggest mentor would have to be the lady of position, which is <laughs> Judy Peel. Yep, yep. That lady is amazing. She really is. I've had her here quite quite a number of times to mm-hmm. teach us and um, a lot of my pupils and my daughters and myself. And really, she, yeah, she is the epitome of of balance and body body usage on the horse. Really, she's just amazing. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. You know, just thinking back to when you very first started with her, what made you sort of go? Ah, right. You know, what was the biggest first aha that you had with her? Probably the biggest aha was core strength. Okay. (laughs) When she was teaching me how to use my core strength to motivate different paces within the horse and different, um, different exercises, I suppose then I thought there's a better way. Do you know? I thought yes. these th- these teachings that she's teaching me is working, and the horse is being more um, softer by the teachings without any force of throwing your body, you know, for a flying change or do you know different, yes. you know, leaning back to come into the halt or it was all core strength and and position, mm. but in a subtle way. So I suppose that. That was the core strength was my most aha. This is what I want, and I want more of it. Yep, yep, yep. I was greedy for it. Yeah, greedy <laughs> for it. It's good to be greedy <laughs> for things like that, though. Yeah. 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 What about horses? Have you got a horse that you think's influenced you? Oh, yes. What? Well, many, many have taught me. <laughs> many have taught me a lot. <laughs> Just tell us one or two stories. Just tell us about maybe one that's got you started with dressage. Um, I had a, I bred a warm blood by medallion mm-hmm. who was out of a Voluta mare and he was, um, a big horse, 17.3, very majestic, very, probably more into, he was around the time of Rembrandt. Remember Rembrandt? Yes. yes. Um, with his lightness, even though he was a warm blood, he still had the lightness of the thoroughbred. Well, he was very much like him. And in fact, I can remember coming out after winning, um, I think it was the lead at um, Canberra Royal. And um, one one of the coaches come over to me and said, he's not a warm blood, <laughs> he's a thoroughbred. And I said, no, 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 he is purebred warm blood. Mm. But I said, I'm now going for something, instead of the Lundorf ones, which I started off with, yep. I was now going for something a little bit lighter and easier to collect without having, you know, being so heavy. So I suppose he was my first in that he taught me how easy it was when um, when you have the right frame, you know, like from, I mean, a, you breathe the right frame. Yep, yep. So if, if you have this horse that confirmation traits are more up in front mm-hmm. and rounder over the back so that they stand there as a foal, and you can see those confirmation traits. He was like that. Yes. And yes. so he was easy, very easy. So 
he he taught me a lot in that um, I had a lot of fun then. It wasn't such hard work. <laughs> it was yeah, it was more fun. And with the help of of Judy, we were we were really going ahead quite well. Um, but he ended up with colic and we lost him. But oh, yeah, but those things happen. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I think yeah, he was he was a big teaching point for me. Yes. Um, yeah. And as you say, if they if they've got the natural confirmation, it makes it so much easier, doesn't it? You know, rather than one you've got to train to push together, you start off ahead already. Mm-hmm. And the, the Ludendorff ones, I suppose they had their place. You know, they were very good jumpers and yep. they had their place, but they were a little bit long. Mm. So they were always that little bit harder to get together. Yep. Um, I, well, I found anyway. So I found that the, the shorter-bodied horse that was coupled a little bit shorter could get their ho- hocks underneath them a lot easier. Yep. So a lot of the leg yielding and the, and the half pass came a lot easier to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and collection came easy. Yep. Yeah, so I think that uh, – and then after I had him, after we – yeah, I schooled him and everything, I just wanted more like him, so we started breeding more. <laughs> um, but without – we ended up with – my girlfriend had a stallion by medallion, so we put the, the medallion stallion over the Voluta mm-hmm. and, and got a very um, a very good riding riding horse for ladies that was – you know, that a lady could ride. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, and I suppose that that's it's a sport where women and men can equally compete. So I wanted something where women didn't have to work so hard, and that it was a lot easier for them to be able to sit on and be comfortable on. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And without having to have the physical strength to push the horse together. yeah. 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 yeah, and having a temperament that was eager to please you. Yes. Um, not being lazy, but was there, you know, eager to, the medallion, I think, gave them that, the eager to please yep. kind of temperament. Yeah. What do you think's been your proudest moment with horses? Well, actually, it was when my daughter mm. <laughs> won at Sydney Royal. Yep. Um, on a homebred warm blood. Oh, wow. Home yep. educated, yep. home broken in, and she won against all the hacks. That's good. So I was just, oh, I think I cried in the stands. <laughs> it was it was marvellous, yeah, to see her out there. It was, you know, the, and, and the judge just pitting her straight away off the ring. And, yeah, and, and even though her having a little bit, just a little bit more bone than the others, but in the open you know, it was a novice, but mm. it was an open novice. Yep. To be able to compete equally against the thoroughbreds mm-hmm. and also against our peers and and to be able to place so high was a great achievement for me because because I bred it mm. and mm. and I broke it in and it, that was lovely. Yeah, yeah, I think that was yeah. that was my proudest my proudest That's time. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about breeding horses, you know, because you're trying to breed the ideal riding horse, what do you think your biggest challenge has been? Mm, temperament. You can breed confirmation. Yep, okay. <laughs> but the temperament is, well, 50 is from the mare and I suppose 50 is from the handling. 
and how you handle them, you know, to begin with, how they cope with things, how you teach them to cope with things. Um, I suppose that that is the the most difficult because you've still got that 50% of the mare. So, and then sometimes they can throw back. Mm-hmm. They can throw back on you, you know, and you'll get something that we had in, in our bloodlines. There was a mare, beautiful mare, in a, a thoroughbred mare, but she was a bit hot and she was more on the voluta line. And so that temperament came through some sometimes. So that was a real challenge for us to be able to get them to um, not um, think about being nervous but about trusting their rider. So I suppose that's been been a, a very big challenge, yeah, to get them to, to trust you in any kind of situation. Like, you know, my daughter down at Sydney Royal, that mare had never, ever been at a competition like that before. And she just trusted my daughter. Yeah. So, yeah. and that was, that was, you think to yourself, well, even though, and she, she is quite a sensitive mare, very sensitive mare, but to... To be able to breed that sensitivity so that you have that showiness as well as you have the the, the hock movement because you've got all that all that um, nervous energy. Yes. And to be able to contain it is um, has been probably yeah a very big challenge. And to get to get something you know that that has got that kind of temperament. So thinking about the you know you talked about the breeding but also the handling. Just tell us a little bit about the early handling that you do with your foals. Well, we like to start them off like as soon as they're born. We just, out in the paddock, we don't bring them in or put them in the yard or anything like that for the first week. They just stay with their mum, but we handle them. You know, we we touch them all over and get them used to being touched all over. Then we bring them in after days in a yard. We, we never put them in the crush, but I sort of, I, I know... A horse is a creature of flight, mm. so we try not to put them in that position where they feel as if they're um, at a disadvantage and okay. that they're cont- contained too much. So yep. we do a lot of handling next to their mother, and then we, we just gentle them, put their horses on, but we're firm. It's not as if we, <laughs> we're the lollipop kids, you know, where we give them carrots and things like that. That That's not... That's not our way either. Our way is to get them to trust us and to have confidence in us as the leader of the pack, not as one of the herd, but the leader. So that in itself is an ongoing um, challenge through the young horse's life right up until they're two to, yeah, so that they will follow, follow you. Okay. And that you, that you make good, good, uh, that's, that's a big thing is that you make good decisions for them, that you don't put them in a position where they're going to be frightened and um, and fear so that they can't get out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you give them a way out, but you ask them to, to trust you. Yes. Yes. And I suppose that, that happens as well when you first break them in, you know, like you ask them to go forward and if they go forward at, at a bit of an extreme, well, you've already asked them, you can't then just pull them back. No, that's right. You know, you've got to be able to to handle that and to be able to contain it without being um, frightened or pulling them back. Or confusing them, Yeah, you know, because you've asked them to go forward. And even if it is a bit extreme, you've still asked them to go forward. That's it. And Mm. and so that's what you want. 
Yeah. And so you just got to be able to ride that forwardness. Yeah. And um, and so you you don't disadvantage yourself. You you put yourself in a in in a small enclosure, so you're not disadvantaged. Mm. And then that's where you where you teach the basics, and then you come out of that into a bigger yard. But we we do a lot of handling um, up until they're probably about two months, and then we don't really um, we just turn them out with their mother. Yep. Don't do much then. Let them be as Fred Moringa said, horses are made to be horses. Mm-hmm. So let them be a horse with their mother. And then we normally wean them because they grow so big. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it's Yeah, they're massive. Um, they sort of Galloway's nearly some of them at six months. So <laughs> yep. you sort of bring them in and, and take them off their mums about that. But then we gentle them out of that too. There's no big um, fight with that. We normally put the mare on the other side of the of the fence, mm-hmm. and we have them with a mate, so that they've um, got someone in with them. Well, if you've done all the early work too, they're so much easier, aren't they? You know, even if you do, just, they are. Yeah, yeah. Just have them going a little bit, and then if they're injured or anything, because you've done all the early work, it's not such a big deal. That's it. Yeah, and and yeah. that's exactly it because we have had injuries of young ones and. It has been so much easier mm. bringing them in and, like, we've picked up their feet as babies. And so if there's any leg injuries, you can bend them without, you know, being frightened. And, and all that early handling, they, they trust you so that they don't want to kick you or mm. – well, we haven't had any, really, none that was bred here that, that has wanted to kick you okay. or hurt you in any way. Yeah. So we've been really blessed with that. Yep. Their, their temperament has been very, yeah, has been very good in that respect. Yeah. Thinking about you as a coach, you know, I mean, teaching your daughter to win at Royal Show and, you know, I know you've sort of been a mentor for the Pony Club kids. What do you think, if you're going out to do a lesson or do a clinic, is a common fault that you see with your kids that you're teaching and how are we going to fix it? I suppose the, the the common fault, like I suppose hands are mm-hmm. always at the foremost, but a, a more important issue I think is the rider leaning forward. I think more so than anything in the way that it's an easy way to fall off, it's an easy way to lose confidence, it's an easier way for your horse to lose confidence in you. You just cannot use yourself by curled up. And Judy Peel always said it, it it's a it's a basic body um, mechanism that we try to protect the vital organs. So you're fighting against that basic instinct mm. within um, children and adults. Yep. So I think again referring back to Judy, the position and the core strength has got to be one of the most important things. Yep. Um, because you once you, you get that, I think you get the hands, I think you get the you know, you get the um, the softness in the elbows and the softness in the wrists. You can work with it. But while you're leaning forward and tense, it's very hard to work with them. So I suppose that's a common fault with a lot of not even adults leaning forward and um, not sitting back and driving the horse from behind and, and putting themselves at, at, a, at a very big disadvantage if the horse shies or anything, going straight over the front. Mm-hmm. So I suppose I think that 
in itself is one of the most important things to correct. And to be able to get them to sit up and carry themselves, that is foremost, I think, in my teaching, is for them to sit up and carry themselves, because Judy has taught me that. Yep, I'm sort of thinking of her voice saying <laughs> saying that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To carry yourself. Get up there and carry yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Now, Rena, just thinking, you know, I'm thinking particularly about position, but you might come up with another one, I'm, particularly after you've told me your favourite quote, but a book that you can recommend for our listeners, something that's going to complement their training. It has to be. It has to be horses and made to be horses. Yes. Um, oh, there's another. There is actually, I don't even know who it's by. It's an exercise. It's a book by, um, oh, I can't even remember her name. I'm outside, so I can't grab the book. But it's a book on, I think, any any um, related book for dressage exercises has to be um, has to be at the beginning of the library for a person that rides. Because exercises keep the horse motivated. Yes. And it keeps the rider motivated and it stretches their skills. It, it's not like so, 101 dressage exercises or something oh, like that. Oh, that's it. That mm, is mm, it. Okay. Yes, it is. Yep, yep. Yep. So, And that um, that has actually gone all around my family. <laughs> Everyone and friends have borrowed it. It is, yeah, it is a very good book. Yeah, and yeah. um yeah, I suppose that if I can recommend something, 101 exercises okay. would yeah. dressage exercises would have to be it, and a good one for a coach too. It is, isn't yeah. it? It yeah. is. It's it's a very good all round. And France Moringa's book, really, horses are made to be horses. I think is one of the great all time classics, isn't it? Really, I think it just gets you thinking from his perspective. You know, if you haven't sort of come across, I remember, you know, just that story, I think he was in Centenary Park and someone was riding a horse and they said it was a crazy horse or something, you know, and he said it was a really nice horse, but it was the way it was being ridden. And that's exactly it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, there was also another part that he talked about when they were in the war and they took the stallions out. Yep. And one of the stallions was just losing it because a train, a freight train went past Mm -hmm. and he actually said that the master got on the horse and with his core strength, he was able to hold that horse and to ride that horse without any, any, like any real pressure on the reins at all. Yes. Now that was exciting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it have been exciting actually to see? I'm, I'm actually going over to Vienna. Are Next you? month. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, yeah, I want to see them, how they hold with their core strength. And mm, yeah, mm. so I think I'll sit there all day. <laughs> well, I was going to ask the next question was, what are you looking forward to? So I know now that you're going across to Vienna, but what else have you got going on? Um, I have a a big warm blood that I'll, I bred for myself. Yes. And I've been, I've been teaching so much um, and working and, it's very hard with a stud to get time to ride yourself, but I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'll, I, I want to go Grand Prix with him. So we're at the at the bottom stages at the moment, and he's injured himself a couple of times. But now I told him, <laughs> no more injuries, and we're going to do it, mate. We're going to get there, 
and he's just he's just lovely. My daughter's been riding him a lot in the shows. Everyone just loves him. They come here and they all want to ride Frank. You know, he's 17, what is he, 17-3, and he has got the most gentlest nature, but he's beautiful, um, and he carries himself, and he's just the most beautiful ride, so soft, a real lady's ride. So I'm really looking forward to to bringing him out and to going forward with, with him. Yeah. That sounds good. Rena, just thinking now about your whole philosophy with horses, would you be able to sum it up just into a couple of sentences? My whole philosophy with horses, they are a wonderful therapy. Yes. Wonderful therapy for people that um, live a stressful life, which a lot of us do. Um, and they're a wonderful therapy. Um, I, I believe that the Lord gave them to us as a therapy for our own mind, that they are good for children. Yep. In that they teach children how to respect, how to love, how to look after. And for adults, they're a great stress relief. And they're just a very uh, obliging animal. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that that sums it up in that, as France Moringa said, but horses are made to be horses, they're not humans. But they are a wonderful part of our life. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and I feel very proud to be able to, to breathe them, you know? Yes, very, yes. Very, and, and, and they know how to humble you, don't they? Oh, definitely, <laughs> they definitely, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think you're going really well, yep. Oh, it's, what is it? It's it's five steps forward and, and 20 backwards. <laughs> Sometimes it can be like that, yeah. Yeah. It can, yeah. it can. It's always a bit yeah. challenging and always a bit different, yeah. Rena, how can people contact you? Um, I suppose the best way is by phone. Yep. Okay. Um, my phone number. Would you like me to give you my phone number? Look, say your phone number, but we'll also put it on your page. So it'll be at horsechats.com slash Rena Figueroa, or else just go to horsechats.com and search for Rena, R-E-N-A. So if you want to say your phone number there, just in case someone's ready to jot it down. Lovely. Thank you. Um, 0418-468758. And I have an email address, which is Levi Park and the number one at bigpond.com.au. Brilliant. Okay, well, we'll put those details on um, on your page as well. And Rena, thanks very much for talking to us today. We'd like to have you back again sometime soon. It'd be wonderful. Just talk to you a little bit more maybe about some of the uh, position work that you're doing with Judy or, you know, anything else that you feel like you want to talk about in a bit more detail. That'd be great. Thank you so much, Glennis, for the time to talk to you and to share my share my thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.